it at three points. Manchester City is still alive here. Welcome, Blues, to episode 27 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. In this particular episode, we're joined by Ray from Man City Fan TV, and we will review the games against Watford and Bournemouth and take a look forward to the game against Chelsea. Ray, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, Mike, not too bad. Uh, As I said earlier to you, I've had a couple of days driving from Manchester down to Paris. At least it's a little bit warmer over here and uh, getting ready for Christmas. Absolutely fantastic. So, let, Ray, let's uh, start off with the game against Watford. Watford won Manchester City 2. Now, it looked to me like 85 minutes of total control and five minutes of uh, panic at the end. Would you agree? Uh, uh, yeah, I, can't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, a lot of squeaky bum time those last 10 minutes. Um, you know, after such uh, control, um, as you said, for 85 minutes, so many chances. Uh, ben Foster playing uh, one of the games of his life, um, and then for those last ten minutes, it was uh, it felt a bit like panic stations, and we were wobbling a little bit. Um, but thankfully, we we held firm in the end, and uh, we we got those the beautiful three points. Yes, that's right, uh, Ray. If this game was a movie, some have suggested the title of that movie might be two words: squad depth. Out goes, <laughs> uh, out goes uh, Aguero and Sterling. In comes an entirely new back four from the previous game with company uh, Walker and Stones. Uh, Mares and Silva, who were rested in the previous game, returned. Will it be this depth of resources that wins us the league, Ray, and keeps us out of the reach of Liverpool? I think so. Uh, when you look at Liverpool, when you look at their midfield, um, it's it's nothing like City's in terms of creativity. And then when you look at who's on their bench, it's nothing like City's again. I mean, against Bournemouth, we just go back to that one. I think we had, I looked at that lineup. We had, I think, six players who were missing, who you'd think were, uh, if we're looking at our best 11, they were not playing. Um, people like Mendy and others. And this game, again, we probably had five players uh, rested or on the bench or whatever who you'd normally consider first-team players. And that's the only way we're going to get through December. And we got um, something like nine games in uh, 31 days in December. So it's uh, uh, pretty full-on. Uh, every three, three, you know, three or four days, we've got a game. There's no way uh, we, we can't get through this month, especially without a very deep quality squad. What did you think about the performance of Vincent Company, Ray? I, I I don't know about you, but I I, I was actually very impressed. I, I didn't think that Company was uh, uh, capable of passing like that. I mean, obviously he um he he went off with a I think it was a hamstring 
injury. Yeah. Hopefully nothing too serious. But then Watford scored immediately after he went off. First of all, let's talk about how do you think you think companies got the technical skill set to uh, to work in this Guardiola uh, system? I think he has. I think he's got enough about him um, to, to to do more than just get by. I think his only problem is his age and he's injury prone. Uh, so there's two problems. But uh, I think from what I remember, he only misplaced one poor pass. There's only one poor pass, right. uh, which did um, give Watford a chance to put us under pressure. And I think they did a sloppy pass back. Very nice of them. Uh, but with the rest of the game, you're right. His passing was great. His timing was great. He was in the right positions. There was one, uh, if I remember, on the edge of the box or just inside the box, a stretch, um, stretch tackle. Um, fantastic. And I think I don't think he was too badly injured. He was half jogging off when he went off. So I, I'm hoping it's just a precaution. He might have felt a little twinge. It's one of these that's just uh, you know a couple of days and he'll be he'll be right right again. Um, but he's definitely got the skill. He's definitely got the skill set. Um, you know, if, if if he was there and for argument's sake we didn't have Laporte, I'd have no qualms about us um, still challenging for the league um, with Otamendi, company, and Stones. Right, absolutely. So everything's uh, going well. 40th minute, beautiful cross from Mares, chested in by Sane. That was a an unusual finish. How do you think Mares has settled in at City, Ray? Because um, I've been reading some divided opinions on Twitter from City fans. A lot of people are saying that, uh, you know, for every great cross he puts in, there are two or three uh, wayward ones. But for me, I'm a fan. I think he's got a wonderful first touch, wonderful uh, control. And um, for me, he's slotted in just beautifully. Maybe not always as a starter, but just what an option to have coming off the bench. Uh, what do you think and how do you feel about Mares and his time settling into Man City? I think um, he had a great opportunity uh, in pre-season and at the start of the season. You know, obviously we were resting players uh, like uh, Kevin, um, who'd come back late from the World Cup. Uh, I don't think he personally. I don't think he took it. I don't think he did enough right at, in pre-season and, and uh, I think against Chelsea uh, in the Community Shield, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think he had a, a bit of a slow start. I mean. Even though he was top dog at um, Leicester, moving to City, there's so many other top dogs. And he has to adapt to the way City are playing, the way Pep wants him to play. And not everybody can do that immediately. It can take a little bit of time. And look at Bernardo Silva last season. You know, people were worried at the start of the season that he would, you know, where was where was he? You know, where was the guy that uh, played at Monaco? But he, you know, over the season, um, he improved. And you look at him uh, start of this season. So I think Maraz is going to take time. I think one of the great things um, he's caused, he's caused Leroy Sane to step up. He's caused Sterling to step up. Because they know if they don't step up, he's waiting in the wings. If Sane's not playing well, then, okay, Maraz won't take his place. Maraz will go out on the right. Sterling will be on the left. If Sterling uh, drops his guard, Mares will be there. And when we've got all these uh, this fixture congestion like we have now, Mares will interchange with Sterling, and and uh, Sterling will either drop to the bench or go out on left uh, instead of Sane. So that I think that's a fantastic thing um, that he's caused these players to raise their game to unbelievable heights. Um, and when he has played. Yeah, I can see. You know, sometimes it takes a little while to get into uh, games. And I thought he was a bit slow uh, against Watford for the first uh, 20 or so minutes. A couple of uh, poor crosses uh, um, for me. And then he really got into it. He had a couple of uh, good crosses and um, these in-swingers. But he put it in right on Sani's chest. 
Um, it was a great cross. And from then, he thought he stepped up. Second half, he was brilliant, uh, deservedly man of the match. Um, so, I, if you talk about Maris, what one thing that we do notice, and I think Andy did a video uh, on Twitter today. I think uh, one of uh, my friends at D, uh, DZ Football, Dean, he did a, a video as well, talking about Maris and the way the Algerian fans really lay into uh, uh, City fans on on social media. Yeah, what's that, what's uh, that all about? They're, they're fanboys, end of the day, you know, um, they can't look at him objectively. Uh, they look at him through, um, is it green and white and red tinted specs? I think those are the colours of the Algerian flag. They they love him. If he wasn't at City, they'd support wherever, whoever he was playing for. So when he was at Leicester, they supported Leicester. He's moved to City, they support City now. So they're not obviously supporting City, they're just after their man. Um, but I can't and, imagine that Maris is getting a lot of flack from the City fans. I mean, I personally, I love him. I, I would have thought, you know, most City fans would have felt the same way about him. I think most City fans do. I think most City fans uh, are prepared to give him the, the time to, 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 to get into um, the way Pep wants to play. And you can see that he's got a lot of goals recently, a lot of assists as well. I think he's 12 or 13 in all competitions for the season, which, is, yeah. which certainly isn't bad. Um, so I don't. I think you might get a few people on social media criticizing him, but that's always the way. There's always going to be somebody criticizing everybody. So whoever they are, there'll be people criticizing Messi. You know, people, you know, <laughs> a few shots, uh, a, a screw shot. They're criticizing Messi. They criticize anybody. So I just think it's um, usually young kids, um, not locals, don't go to games, um, hide behind a keyboard. And they just pick on someone to criticise. Um, so it's nothing really uh, to take seriously. It's nothing to worry about. So what you're saying is that there's a group of very, very hardcore Mares fans that react uh, as a as a as a group of fans against uh, any criticism of their of their hero. Anything, anything. If you if you say Mares had a poor game, if you look at it objectively and say, well, I mean, I I did a, a, a review of the Watford game, and I said he started slowly, you know, in the first 20 minutes or so, but after that he started putting some great crosses in he had a great second half and it went on in that vein but i got some uh, plenty of stick on uh, social media uh, for saying for saying that people said weren't you watching the game and it's like hang on he put a couple of poor crosses in you know if, if he takes a corner i think in one of the uh, couple of games ago he took a corner doesn't beat the first man that's not a good corner um you know i had pe- people come on and said well he helped create the first goal because he got fouled hang on he got fouled someone else took the cross took the free kick and uh uh, I think it was, ended up with uh, uh, Emeritus Laporte scoring a header. And it was a couple of games ago. And people wanted to give Mares the praise for being fouled. So he goes that he goes that part. He was he was the pre-assist. Well, no, he got he, someone kicked him, and you know. So it, it does go. It runs deep with some of these, and it goes too far. Um, if you say, I mean, people are regularly. If he doesn't start, they say they'll have a go at Pep or somebody else. If someone doesn't pass to him in the normal course of a game. Um, I got this a couple of games ago. People were saying, oh, Sterling's not passing to him or the team won't pass to him. Well, it, that's just what happens in games sometimes. There's a lot of action on one side. San is causing so much trouble on one side. He keeps getting fed the ball because he's, he's, he was so dangerous. And so the, the fanboys say, well, no one's passing to Mares. So it is quite ridiculous. And I think we've, you know, Andy did a, a video earlier today and he said, we've had to start... Um, removing people from on our uh, YouTube channel because it just goes too far, calling Andy racist, uh, Arab haters, 
all sorts of things. I mean, I, I get called all sorts of things as well. And it's like, hang on, can't you actually see what color I am, guys? You know, <laughs> we did a lot of stuff. And this is crazy. We did a lot of stuff in the summer when we were sure Mara's was coming. I mean, I went out, I actually did crazy things. I went out to um, Sarcel, where Mara's is from in, in France. Um, and I went to his hairdresser. I remember going to have a haircut at his hairdresser and, uh, and getting some pictures and chatting with his, uh, his hairdresser, you know. So, we were really up for Mares, and we did plenty of uh, comments and videos about Mares and him coming and how exciting it was going to be. So we're really behind him. And then for people to come out and call us racist and Arab haters and, uh, you know, blind or, you know, not watching games objectively, it's absolutely ridiculous. We wanted him to come. We were not desperate, but we were really eager for him to come. And then for people to have a pop at us, it's, it's quite ridiculous. Well, that was amazing. It was just something that I wasn't uh, aware of. I haven't um, got any flack from uh, this this group yet. But then again, I haven't said anything negative yet about Maris. I, I guess it's it's possibly coming, but it's it's good to know about that. Um, anyway, six minutes into the second half, it was uh, Riyad Maris who swept home uh, from a cross by Gabriel Jesus, and uh, that gave us um, bit, a bit of relief. What do you what what exactly is up with uh, Gabby J? Do you think uh, Ray? I mean, he's um, he always works his socks off. He really, really leaves a lot of sweat on the pitch. But um, in front of goal, it's not just happening for him right now, is it? Yeah, it's it, and it's a shame because he, as you say, he works so hard for the team. He's a t- real team player, um, chasing chasing back, pressing pressing hard. Um, he wants other people to score sometimes a bit too much. Um, and sometimes you think, well, someone like Aguero would be taking those shots rather than passing. Um, I just think he's lacking confidence. I really hoped, uh, it was uh, two or three games ago when he scored his hat-trick, I really hoped as that hat-trick was, was coming in with the penalties, whatever, it <laughs> seemed that he was getting more confident. And his last, his hat-trick goal, his third goal, was really, really uh, a, com- uh, a strike of a confident player. But it, maybe that was, it was just, it looked like now it was just temporary. Um, he just doesn't have the confidence for me. He missed, I think, a sitter of a header uh, with only the goalie to be, and he headed it over. Mm-hmm. He had another good opportunity not too, too long after when he was put through. I think he just uh, dinked it wide. Um, he just doesn't um, have that confidence and he's not clinical. And it's a shame because you go back 12 or 18 months, not long after he came. Last season, we were looking at it and thinking, hang on, is Aguero on his way out? And it's like Aguero has really stepped up. He's doing all the work that uh, Pep wants. He, he goes out wide, he drops back, he does the pressing. But the main thing is he's still scoring a hatful of goals. And I think that's uh, Gabby Jesus' problem now. Um, he, he just, as I said, he doesn't have that confidence. He's just not, you know, he's, he's had that hat trick. And you'd hope that would have helped him turn the corner. And sadly, it's just not doing it. So I don't know what's going to um, help him. You know, one good point is he's only 20 years, uh, 21 years old. So he's still got youth on his side. He's still got time to develop. Still got time to get that confidence back. But people are starting to ask questions on social media, uh, as always. And just to say, how long can Pep um, keep faith in him? Uh, and I personally think we'll be looking for somebody next summer if uh, Gabby Jesus doesn't step up. Well, it looks like he might have his uh, chance, uh, Ray, because Sergio is uh, not fit. And in fact, he seems to be a bit of a doubt for the game against Chelsea, doesn't he? Definitely. I mean, it's, it's quite odd, actually. He, he missed the game um, against Bournemouth, I think, because uh, they, they said he was uh, close to be, being in the red zone. So they were worried that he played. He could be out for four or five weeks or whatever. 
And then uh, a couple of days later on Monday, he's in training and he's he's out injured for, I think it was one or two weeks. Uh, you, you're never sure about these things. Um, and it's a, it's a shame for him. It's a shame for City. Um, but it could be, it could actually be that Gabby Jesus doesn't start against uh, Chelsea, which, you know, you'd think you'd want a striker, but it could, it could be that he, um, Pep opts for Sterling up front with Mares on the right and uh, Sani on the left. Uh, just because those three guys are scoring goals and, um, uh, creating a lot of chances, a lot of assists. Maybe we would do something a little bit left field and, uh, play without, uh, a proven striker. On the subject of uh, injuries, Ray, and just as a little sidebar here, uh, how long do you anticipate it'll take uh, Kevin De Bruyne to be back in action again? Well, there was rumours a few weeks ago that he might be ready for Chelsea. Now, uh, there's there's not been uh, much noise recently, and since we're only a couple of days away, um, my feeling is that he he won't be. I, I don't think I've not been watching City TV or any training recently to see whether he's there. I think if he was in training, we'd know about it. So uh, um, uh, my feeling is he won't play um, just because it, we're so close um, to the game and we've not really heard anything about him starting. Uh, fingers crossed, uh, he'll be available the week after. But you know he's not he's not started a, a league game this season. So have we missed him? Well, that's the, that's that's exactly right. But it's just so gratifying and uh, and so it fills me full of optimism to know that he's coming back right into the period when we need him uh, most. Ray, this uh, December period is going to be very exciting, but it's going to be very frenetic. And the idea of uh, uh, Kevin De Bruyne coming back into fitness just as uh, this period is getting underway is uh, really exciting, don't you feel? Oh yeah, it, it fills me with, uh, can I say, tremendous joy, mm. you know, and anticipation because um, he was our best player last season. Not no, no real doubt about it. Um, and to think we're not playing with our best player, uh, it, it's incredible. And so, yeah, like, like, like you, uh, Mike, I'm very excited to see him come back. Uh, I hope we don't push him too hard too soon. I don't think we will. And I hope he's, you know, I can't, you know, I can't see him starting a game uh, for a week or two. Um, get him in gently, um, but I'm really, really excited to get to get him back, get him on the pitch, and to see um, if he can take us to yet another level. Well, Ray, just uh, bringing an end to discussions about the the Watford game. Now, Ben Foster was in incredible form, denied Mares twice, and, and and also Sane in the game. Yeah. Do you think it was a question of his excellence or our wastefulness that we weren't out of sight uh, come the last period of the game? That's always a $64 million question, isn't it? Mm. I, you're right. I think it was a bit of both. Um, I mean, he made some tremendous saves, um, unexpected saves. But I also think we, we, we're just not as clinical as we should be. And I, I think that's been going on for, for many seasons. Um, talking to other Blues, we just want us to score a, a higher proportion of our great chances. Um, and it just feels that at, once, at some point we'll come a cropper where we, we're just not sticking the ball away and someone else... You know, like Liverpool have done to us, um, and and we'll end up with a a draw or a defeat. I mean, I'm I'm scared to have a draw at the moment because you know that gives Liverpool a chance to to catch us uh, catch us up. What did you think about the Ducore goal for for Watford in the 85th minute? Is there any City player that needs uh, digging out particularly for that goal? <laughs> well, I think you, you, unfortunately you can't uh, look past uh, Fabian Delph. Um, when we were cruising at that time, um, and I think I can't remember who said uh, a few years ago that two nil is a very dangerous scoreline. I think it was Capello said it's a very dangerous scoreline because we weren't 
busting a gut to score a third goal. Um, we were in cruise control. We were ca- quite relaxed, I think. I wouldn't say complacent, but we were relaxed. And it was a poor ball, um, poor pass from Delft. And unfortunately, Donofeo, uh, he got through. And Decori tried to miss uh, a couple of times. And, um, you know, it scrambled in. Uh, I'll, I'll say about Delafoy, I was quite surprised he didn't start the game because he's, he's a very tricky winger. He's very skillful, a very creative player. And considering Delph isn't a natural uh, left back, that's not his position. I'm really surprised Watford didn't really push us down that flank by starting the game with Delafoy. Um, as I said, I'm quite glad he didn't start because I think he could have caused Delph more, uh, more problems. Um, so if you're going to dig anybody out, you know, it's a team game, but Delft did make the mistake that led to the goal. Uh, one thing that made me laugh, Ray, was, um, we had a good performance from Ederson. He made a great save from uh, Troy <laughs> Dini in the game. But these, what's with these no look passes and booting the ball clean out of the stadium? He's incredibly entertaining right now, isn't he? He, he just makes you laugh. He makes you laugh. He makes you, uh, you're amazed by some of the uh, passes he's, he's doing. He's he's got to be the best. Um, he's definitely the best passing goalkeeper uh, in the league. Um, I think he's the coolest under pressure. Uh, I also think he's the most unflappable. And if he makes a mistake, it's like he doesn't care. He just carries on as normal. So uh, he's, I think he's a lot better than he was last season. Um, he's he's upped his game. And as I said, as you said, that those no look passes. They're incredible. I mean. He passes the ball better than most of us, even when we're looking. And he's not looking, so it's it's incredible. Well, Ray, a very interesting statistic at the end of the game uh, came out that uh, our goal difference of plus 38, this was after the Watford game, um, is the best recorded by an English top-flight team after 15 games of a season since Sunderland in 1892-1893 season. They, I think, had plus thirty-nine. That's just that's wonderful statistics, and uh, it's a it's a bit different from uh, United's minus one, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's incredible. I mean, um, we are is it eighteen. Are we eighteen points ahead of United? It's so many. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember. Yeah. Eighteen points <laughs> ahead, and it's it's only what fifteen games. It is it is ridiculous, um, but it's also very very enjoyable and. Uh, my, I've got a brother-in-law who's a big, big uh, United fan, and he's been very quiet this last eighteen months. And uh, you know, um, all family get-togethers, he's never there. He's always uh, um, doing overtime. He's got to stay back at work or whatever. He's never. Uh, he can't show his face anymore, and it's it's fantastic actually. I'm I'm loving it after so many years of uh, being uh, abused by uh, by rags, uh, <laughs> family and friends. You know, they've taken the mick out of us so much, and you know they've had, they've had so much, so many opportunities to do so. Uh, now the boots on the other foot. You know, they talk about uh, it being boring. It, the league is boring. You know, it wasn't boring when they were winning something like thirteen out of twenty-one league titles. It, it was great then, uh, and now City, we haven't even won the league. Liverpool are two points behind, and it's boring. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a, just a, a time for us to enjoy it. And my goodness, they have had it coming. They've got it coming. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm I, a bit like Walter. I, I listen to the full-time devils, you know, just for comic value. And it's uh, it's just wonderful uh, to watch them squirm at the minute. But um, we, City have now gone unbeaten in each of their last uh, 21 games in the Premier League. That's one eighteen drawn three. And in fact, it was against, the, our, our last defeat was against, Stretford, that the three-two defeat mm-hmm. in uh, in back in April, 
Um, okay, so Ray, for the Watford game, let's finish that off by uh, you saying who was man of the match for you. I'll give it. Uh, I think it was tight between uh, Sani and Mares. I think Sani started off wonderfully well, um, but at the end of the day, Mares uh, he set up one goal, he scored one goal, he had a very good second half. So um, just to save myself from all your <laughs> Algerian fans, I'll say it was Riyad Mares. I'd agree with that. Now, uh, Ray, let's just briefly uh, turn our minds back to the the game against Bournemouth. So this is uh, looks like a. On paper, a comfortable 3-1 home win. Uh, David Silva's on the bench. Sergio was out, of course. Uh, not quite as straightforward as the scoreline suggested. We had to work for this one. Were you in attendance for that one? Yeah, I was there with uh, Andy and a uh, chap from, uh, we know from Twitter, Russ. Um, we <laughs> really struggled up the, the stairs. We were, were on the, right at the back on the third tier. Uh, oh I think God. only was it two rows from, uh, from, the, from, from the back. And I was t- talking to Russ after he really struggled. He needed oxygen by the time he got to us. <laughs> and as I said to him, twice this season, I've by mistake gone up the wrong aisle. And I've had to go all the way back down, go around and all the way back up. And believe you and me, you know, it's a full, uh, I'm not that young anymore, but I'm still fit enough. It's a full minute for me to get all the way up them stairs. It's a long, long way. And so we were there. It, it was a good game, a uh, very good game. Um, and as you say, we were missing um, key players. I think if I looked at it, we had no Mendy, no Kevin, no David Silva, no Walker. No Stones and no Aguero. So those are six players that you'd expect really to start in our first team. And they weren't playing. Um, and it was a... I just, when we looked at it um, before the game started, it was, all right, we've got Danilo playing. Otamendi's there. Zinchenko, Gundogan uh, and, and uh, Jesus. So I think we're... Not a little bit worried, you know, because that was a lot. There was a lot of changes, and you're worried the, a player's going to gel. Um, um, but everybody knows it's a system now. Everybody knows what they've got to do, and it's, it seems that we can make five or six changes and uh, quite seamlessly ca- just carry on as if nothing's happened. Well, that's how it started out, uh, Ray. Uh, nice and comfortable at the start. Then, 16 minutes in. Bernardo Silva smashed us ahead after their keeper, uh, Begovic, I think it was, denied uh, Lee Roisane. And then, Ray, we had another one of those periods where we took our feet right off the gas and we got what was coming. And and I I sensed it was coming. Uh, Simon Francis uh, for for Bournemouth, uh, given far too much time and space to send a cross in into the box for Callum Wilson. And Callum Wilson is no mug. He's right up there in the goal-scoring charts to head home just before the half-time whistle. Now, are you concerned about these periods when we just stop going for it and ease off for for lengthy parts of a game? It is a worry. And I I feel it's against the... um, It's not against the top teams. I feel if if it was a top team... Uh, players are uh, a little bit more, can I say, motivated. They're more at it, and I think they'll stay at a higher level uh, for longer because they've probably it's been building up um, all week for, for all, uh, at the moment every two or three days. But it's been building up for this big game. So you know, against uh, Liverpool, I think we were at a very good level for a lot longer. Against United, we were our players were more up for it. Um, so, it, as I said, it tends to be against um, teams, out, I would say, outside the top six where we just slack off and we end up treating it, it feels like a training ground exercise where we're just keeping the ball. We're not busting a gut. 
um, to try and score more goals. We're just waiting for the other team to make a mistake. Uh, and I, pr- I, I prefer us to be actually busting the gut to try and score that second and third goal, put the game to bed, and then take it easy, take our um, uh, you know foot off the pedal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and relax a little bit more that way. I mean, that that that, that goal. I've got to I've got to say. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to dig out players, but Zinchenko wasn't great at left back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, a you know people are asking on social media again. Is Pep going to go out and buy somebody uh, in January? Because you know Mendy might not be back till February or mid late February. We're not exactly sure. Um, and are we relying on an injury prone um, Delph and? Week last couple of games, Zinchenko, because um, he'd already been, I think he'd already made a mistake at a short corner. He'd got uh, sort of beaten uh, out wide. Um, he just wasn't aware. And for the cross, I think he was on his heels. When the ball came out to, to the winger, he, he didn't step forward quick enough to try and block the cross. And by the time he moved, it was it was way too late. So I think that was a, a, a bit of poor positional play and he was not totally aware. Uh, of what's of what's going on. Then after he got injured, Delph came on, and I think that changed. Delph has had more time, you know, at left back, even though that's not his uh, position. But I think we looked more solid uh, when Delph came on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were mistakes. There were there was a definite lack of urgency both before yeah. and after Wilson's goal. But luckily, uh, twelve minutes or so into the second half, Sterling. Uh, I'm very very grateful for him because he looked like he just decided that he was gonna. Uh, you know, really rouse us and, and, yeah. you know, bring us into the game more fully. So, uh, 57th minute, Danilo, who was quite impressive for me, he, uh, took a shot. The keeper saved. Nathan Ake didn't clear it and Raheem yeah. sticks it in the roof of the net. He's not only top of the league, he's now top goal scorer <laughs> in the league. I think it, it, he's one of our, it sounds odd. He's only 23 years old, but he really is one of our senior players now. Um, and it's like he decided to take the game by the scruff of the, uh, the neck, and he was he was going to make a difference. He had to step up. You know, you, you can't rely on other people, and he did step up, and he had a great second half. Um, I think the funny thing for me, um, I might need to watch the highlights again to confirm my suspicions, but when Danilo had the shot, Sterling wasn't far away from Danilo, and I think um, when, when the save was made, um, you know, Gabriel Jesus was probably closer to the ball, uh, to the loose ball, than than anybody else. And yet it was Sterling who made the move. Um, he sniffed that that goal out. He sniffed out there was a chance there, and he was the one who made the move and, and, and scored. So I think um, he's he's even better than he was last year. And last year he was phenomenal. Um, but he just seems to know a lot more. He just have a have a better sense of what's going on. And I think that's because he's developing uh, in leap, uh, you know, in leaps and bounds right now. And um, he, he looks fantastic. Bournemouth still did not lie down after that. They put some dangerous balls into the box, gave us some ner- nervous moments. That was until the 79th minute when uh, Gundogan slipped home a great cross from Leroy to mm. end the argument. Leroy's been outstanding in in recent matches. W- would he be your, your man of the match for this one? Um, ooh, um, yeah, uh, why not? Uh, it, it was a toss-up between uh, Leroy and Sterling, um, but this one I'll give to Leroy. And I've got to just mention that two minutes before uh, we scored that goal, David Silva came on. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it, you know, I, I said, uh, I think before the game, I, uh, I love, I, th- uh, I think I said to J- John Gwynn uh, at the Bournemouth game, um, that I love when Silva's there with the uh, short passes with Sane and wh- whoever is our fullback on the on the day, 
and Silva just manages to uh, to get the ball behind uh, their fullback for Sane to come on to get to the byline and, uh, and cut it back in. And as soon as Silva came on, that's pretty much what we did. Um, so, but Sane was going back to your question. Sane was uh, it was very very good. Um, you can take nothing away from him. He had a great game, and uh, I have to give him the man of the match. Yeah, he's it's really encouraging his form over the last uh, few games. Uh, Guardiola said after the game, and I quote, he said, Bournemouth are a good side, strong up front, so we could not press. They played long balls, attacked the channels. They were taller than us. They were stronger than us. Yeah. Uh, in the last 20 minutes, we were flat. We did not have the rhythm we needed. But winning that way, uh, we suffered a lot in the first half, especially in the last 20 minutes. But I'm delighted to win in that way. So uh, it's been a great season so far, and those were two uh, valuable wins, Ray. But uh, how do you feel going into our next match against Chelsea? Because they're coming off uh, two defeats, aren't they? And I'd imagine they will do everything not to let it be three on the spin. That's at Stamford Bridge in a away game, 5.30 kickoff. That's going to be a difficult one. How do you feel about it? Um, for once, actually, going away at Chelsea, I feel, I feel quite relaxed. You know, I think in, in years gone by, when Mourinho was there, uh, when Conte was there, you were worried uh, about going to, to Chelsea. Um, and even though they, they did start off uh, the season really well, uh, I still think they're adapting uh, to Sarri. Mm-hmm. I think Sarri's still adapting to the Premier League. Um, and I'm not even sure he knows what he's doing. I mean, you know, far be it for us as um, sideline pundits to, to, to say what uh, is right um, for a team. But, I mean, to not play Kante who is, if he's not the best, he's in the top three mm. uh, defensive midfielders in the world. To not play him in defensive midfield and to play Jorginho. Um, and in the last couple of games, uh, I think, uh, oh, I remember Spurs, uh, Deli Alli pretty much man-marked Jorginho out of the game. That's and the I think that, that's the way to do it. But I don't think City will do that. No, That's the way to do it, but Pep won't do it. Mm. I'm, I, 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 put, me, put me neck on the line. I'll say Pep will not man-mark Jorginho out of the game. Right. So, how, where, what weaknesses do you feel that we can exploit there? He, I mean, he may uh, decide to play David Luiz. I think that there's a there's a weakness there. Yeah. Morata just is, you know, he just he's he's not really making it in this uh, division. He's not got any confidence in front of goal. But then again, is this one of those? Is this the game where against the odds, against the run of play, that you could see? City playing away against uh, Chelsea at the bridge, dropping points. Could this be the game where we drop points? We could drop points at, uh, away at anybody, to be honest. I mean, the league is that strong. Um, but I, I just I just don't see it. You know, I don't see us losing. Dropping points, fair dues. I mean, Chelsea, they've got some very good players. They've got a very good manager. And if we, you know, it sounds odd, but you know, if we, we get a draw out of it, is that such a bad result? I'd ex- I still expect us to win, and I always say, I always have had this caveat. I don't say that with uh, with arrogance. Um, it's more with expectation, just because I think it's in our in our last was it sixty sixty one games we've won fifty one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know there is that expectation, um, and you, we we are far too good for them. But it's it's eleven against eleven, so. You know, you, you, you put a bit of doubt into my mind, but there's not a lot there. Um, I, and I say this quite regularly now. Chelsea will have to play um, out of their skins to get anything from this game. And City, at the same time, will have to play poorly. And I just don't see that 
those two things happening very often against anybody we play. Ray, there's been some weird results recently, and you've got United drawing with Arsenal, and you've got Arsenal, was it they, they beat Spurs? Oh, no, they beat Spurs 4-2. They um, a good piece in. <laughs> and the, these teams are, are, are all taking points of each other. Apart from Liverpool, um, who are still clinging on two points behind us, it's looking quite good, isn't it? We're eight points clear of Spurs, ten, yeah. po- ten points, Ray, ten points clear of both Chelsea and Arsenal. This is looking good, isn't it? Well, it's looking good for top two for us right now. Um, I can't, I was looking at the table earlier on this evening and Spurs are eight points behind. And we're nearly halfway through the season. And you look at it and say, for Spurs to catch City, we're going to have to lose three games. But mm. well, we didn't lose three games all last season. Um, or we'd have to start getting some draws. We'd, we'd need um, four or five draws for Spurs to just catch us. And we've drawn two games in 15. So I, I really only see Liverpool as uh, realistic challenges right now. Yeah, uh, but the difference rate is that some... Uh, I really uh, sort of agreed with it, one comment by a supporter on Twitter, and he said that he felt that the difference was that Liverpool were, in his words, running on fumes, while, <laughs> while City, on the other hand, were humming and, and were capable of, uh, you always felt, of um, knocking it up another gear. Um, if you look at the Liverpool's uh, set of results um, and you compare uh, the scores and performances uh, when Liverpool and City have played the same teams... There's just a massive, massive goal difference. At one stage, it was uh, seventeen to one um, against the same teams. Mm. I, I'll need to re- recalculate that now. But um, there's a bit of a difference between Liverpool's progress and City's, even though there are only two points in it. Don't you feel? Oh, most definitely. I mean, you look at uh, the games that we're playing, the way we're playing, and there's no question in my mind. Uh, there's no blue uh, tinted specs here. We are by far the best team in this league, absolutely miles ahead of everybody else in, in terms of class. But Liverpool are hanging in there uh, by hook or by crook, uh, jammy so-and-so sometimes. But you can look at last season and say there's a few games where we we scored late goals. So we were jammy so-and-sos last season, even though we were, we were still playing very well. But we scored those late goals and, you know, we, we probably got, you know, in the early part of the season, six points more than uh, we would expect to get. Uh, running into the 90th minute plus injury time. So now it's Liverpool's turn to be lucky. Um, but like you say, h- how long can you uh, can you keep being lucky? You can't be lucky all the way through the season. And at some point, you're going to look out. Um, they've been very lucky in the last couple of games um, to, to get through. I mean, the Everton one, absolutely ridiculous. Um, but as I said, you can't keep being lucky all the way through this uh, the season. And we're not relying on much luck at the moment. We're relying on, on our skill. Uh, and our class, and at some point, um, as I said, Liverpool, they'll look out and they'll drop a couple of points. They'll lose a game. I can't see Liverpool certainly not going through the season unbeaten. Um, If they do, good luck to them. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is there that uh, despite the quality of their front line and their back line, uh, they're just just an injury away from being uh, very short in both uh, sections of the pitch. But they just, if I was a Liverpool fan, I would just be... Uh, thinking we we just don't have a midfield and certainly don't have yeah. a cre- creative midfield and when you're relying on Henderson and Milner and uh, Wijnaldum and Keita is not really uh, got going uh, yet I mean you're just there's there's disconnect between that strong defense and that uh, attacking uh, three isn't there 
yeah, I mean, my, my feeling is they've corrected some uh, problems at the back, uh, obviously with Van Dijk and uh, with the keeper, Alisson. Um, and I, I just feel they're just relying on the defence and their attack. They're not that bothered about the midfield. The midfield's more functional uh, than anything else. And they lack creativity. But I, I feel the whole point is they're setting their stall at not to lose games and relying on the front three to score the goals. Um, but you, you can't go through the, the season with that lack of creativity. You've got to add goals from midfield. And I think that's a massive difference if you look at our midfield. When Kevin's there, he'll be scoring goals. Bernardo Silva scoring goals. Uh, David Silva scoring a lot of goals. Um, and, and, and our, our wingers. So we're getting goals from everywhere, you know, um, from our uh, front six, let's say. Um, when Liverpool are just relying on their front three, uh, at some point in this season, fingers crossed, uh, they'll come a cropper. Okay, well, Ray, well, I think that's a, a very positive note for us to, to finish on. So I think we'll uh, wrap it up here. Uh, Ray, you, uh, you and Andy have been working very hard putting out content on Man City Fan TV. Uh, what's, uh, what's in the pipeline? What can we look forward to uh, in the near future? Well, to be honest, there's so many games um, this month that the focus for us right now is those games. Uh, we're doing previews uh, for each games, and uh, most of the time we're, we're doing um, it with the fan channels from, from other clubs. Sometimes some of them have got such small support, like Bournemouth, it's very hard to find anybody uh, to come on to, to talk about their team. So the fact that we're doing them and we've got game every three or four days, I think for, for December, definitely, it's all about the games that we're playing with. I think we've still got seven games to go this month. Um, so there's plenty to, 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 to get stuck into. And I think that's, I can't see beyond, um, uh, beyond those and the odd little piece where I think we did, um, uh, last Saturday after Bournemouth with Jonathan Norcroft and did an interview with him. That was amazing. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, we've been trying to get more and more of these uh, journalists on. Um, you know, I, I've I've put the feelers out to a few. I'd love, I'd love to get Duncan Duncan Castles on, uh, just to see if his head is uh, smoother than mine. Um, um, but I know that's the one I keep asking him, and he's now he's not talking to me now. So you know, he's not blocked me, but he's not talking to me uh, as much as he used to. Um, but we're trying to get. Anybody on, you know, and if any of the journalists listen to this, it's a free ticket available, you know, so to speak. You can come and sit with Andy and me um, up on the third tier if you've got your oxygen with you. Free ticket, you can come and watch um, and uh, as play and talk to us. So and anybody out there, um, it's at least a dozen I've asked, and uh, they don't seem to want to get involved. They, they actually, they're the true keyboard warriors. They hide behind the keyboard, uh, and that's it. They put, you know, they put out their stories, uh, drop the hand grenade, and, and leg it, and they don't want to come back and, uh, uh, you know, deal with the consequences of what they've said or written. Um, so, you know, I actually feel some of them are trolls, um, and, but they're supposed to be professional journalists. Well, guys. Uh that kind of content is absolutely fabulous. You can see all of that on uh, Man City Fan TV's uh, YouTube channel. I really encourage you to subscribe to that. You can contact uh, Ray at, I think it's Man City underscore Ray. Is That's that right? right? That's and, on Twitter. And, uh, of course, uh, Andy Turner is at Aviation Blue. Uh, so you can contact uh, both of those guys. Um, we're going to s- express great uh, gratitude to Ray for coming on. Thank you so much for coming on the Bolt from the Blue podcast, Ray. 
Ah, oh, you're, you're most welcome, Mike, and uh, look forward to seeing you over uh, Christmas when you're in uh, Manchester to, at some games. Yeah, I hope I can make that. Well, guys, we'll be right back with you after the Chelsea game. So, as usual, and until then, have one on us and up the blues. It's not really, it's not really.